Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tee to green. Good morning. Welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Symmetra, LPGA, and Legends Tour, and so many others, helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, and normally joining me this morning would be my good friend and co-host, LPJ professional, Cindy Miller, but she is actually mid-flight uh, on her way to another uh, great destination. I don't know where she's headed to. We'll talk to her next week when she comes back, but uh, find out where, where she was and why she was absent this week. But So I'm batching it, as they say, here on the show this morning, so I hope you'll uh, uh, join in anyways. Uh, but we've got a great show for you this morning. We're going to be joined here in just a moment uh, by a very uh, energetic young lady, uh, Prima Tomarox. She is the current winner on the Symmetra Tour. In fact, she won the season-ending uh, Symmetra Tour Championship. It was her first win on the Symmetra Tour. We're going to talk to her a little bit about that. And I've managed to, don't ask me how, but I've managed to convince her to stay on a little bit longer and she's going to join me in the no BS zone, and we're going to talk about what makes a good golf coach. So I hope you'll stick around a little bit uh, later for that as well, and that'll be on the second half of the show. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in this morning, and uh, again, thank you for, for joining us here. All right, I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, our, uh, our latest winner on the Symmetra Tour, and then I'm going to bring her out uh, to join me, and we'll uh, begin this morning's show. Uh, as I mentioned, her name is Prima Tomarox. Uh, she won the 2021 Symmetra Tour Championship uh, with a 22-under uh, 266, which sets the 72-hole scoring record for the Symmetra Tours Championship. Uh, the previous best was 19 under recorded by Rajin Liu back in 2018. You remember Rajin. She's been on the show before. Uh, she also attended the uh, University of Iowa, uh, Iowa State University, excuse me, and was part of the uh, uh, All-Big 12 team honors as a freshman back in 2011, uh, which was highlighted by two runner-up finishes. And she was also named... Uh, in 2014, the Big 12 Scholar Athlete of the Year uh, for the sports of women's golf as a senior. Uh, she also uh, won back in 2017 on the Australia Ladies Professional uh, Golf uh, Tour, and uh, that was her first professional win. And she's had quite a few starts here on the Symmetra Tour, but this is her first official win. She's finished up uh, with a tie three at the 2016 Gosling Dark and Stormy Classic and 2018 Symmetra Classic. So she's had some good runs along the way, but this is her first official win. So please help me welcome my very special guest this morning, uh, Prima Tomarox. Good morning, Prima. Good morning, Ted. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to have you. And uh, I know there was some more things in there, and I tried to get through as much as I could, but you have you have so many great accolades uh, in your in your <laughs> repertoire. It would have Thank it would have you. taken up most of the hour to get them out. So, but uh, I hope I got a few of them out in there, anyways. But, um, but thank you oh, for no, joining me this morning, right. and and congratulations on on winning. You, I mean, you closed out the season mm-hmm. with a win. You got to be pretty excited about that, right? Yes, yes, very. I don't think it's, it's been two days, and I don't think it's completely sunk in. So I'm just. It's not like I have a better place to go, so I'm just I'm just taking it all in right now and just still enjoying the win, really. So let's before we talk about the win specifically, let's talk about your season this year. If you were to give yourself um, a report card of the season, how do you feel overall? You played? Were you uh, struggling with certain parts of your game? Uh, do you think you've played pretty well for the most season, but just weren't seemed to close the door until this final tournament? Give us an, a report card, if you wouldn't mind, of what your season looked like this year. Right. So, I mean, honestly, I give myself an A. Really not so much because of the golf, but because of the way I handle things this season. The things that I 
did not do so well. I managed to improve quite a bit, and I was very patient with myself, and I was really, my my head was always in a good space, just focusing on the growth and the process of things. So I think in that aspect, I would really give myself an A for this season to, I mean, it's been a hard season. Like, we play so many tournaments, so there's obviously going to be up and down with the golf. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I I stuck through it, and I think the win in the last event really showed that I I was doing the right thing, being patient and persevere. So I would give myself an A for that. Well, and I think that's a, a very honest and I think a great assessment. So let's break it down a little bit. What were some of the things – this year you said there were some things in the past that obviously you struggled with a little bit, but you, you managed to get your head in a good place, and that's extremely important because – I think you know as a, as a professional golfer, you're going to have ups and downs with your play, with the actual golf itself. There's going to be some days where you're going to hit some great shots. There's mm-hmm. going to be days where, and eh, not so good shots. What was yeah. some of the areas in your game that really you were struggling with but you came to terms with this year? So I think growing up, my swing has always been in a good place, and just being over here and being in school here, even though I spend most of my time here, I see my coach quite a bit. Like during a regular season, I would still go back home um, maybe once or twice at least during the season, like not just before, not just in the off season, you know. During the season, I would skip a few events and go back and see my coach and see my family. But this year we weren't able to do that because of all the travels restrictions of COVID. Right. Um, so my whole team, like my coach, my fitness, my fitness training and my family, they're all back home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that particular aspect was really hard for me. It almost felt like I was on my own to try to figure things out when things were going bad. And like, like you said, obviously this season we played 19, 20 events in the span of six months. That's a lot of golf right. and a lot of traveling. Right. So the one particular aspect I would say first was the mental, and then there was uh, <laughs> the swing aspect where I was. it's constantly changing, and we play different courses. We play different, different conditions. So the golf part needs to change accordingly, too. And, I mean, everything that happened um, – I was really lucky that I was still able to manage my swing. Like one of my friends was helping me a lot. Like we were sending videos back and forth a lot. And he was talking me through, especially through the end of the season, you know, where, where the mental aspect kind of was more difficult too, because everything was coming to almost like a boiling point. Uh, right. So just, I just want to thank him for that. And also my family and everybody, but, yeah, that's that's just kind of everything that comes together. But I would say, I would say to keep focusing on the right thing and keep doing what you need to do, even though you don't see the results right away, was was key and was something that I did well this year and that I did not do well before. Right, and and let me just add to that. Uh, first off, let me just let the folks yeah. know uh, you refer to home. Of course, your home is Bangkok, Thailand. Um, yes. And uh, again, obviously, with the uh, restrictions, uh, it's it obviously has been very difficult. So I know, uh, you know, being over here in the U.S., uh, as much as you're over here to have, um, you know, work in your career and, and, and develop your, your game, uh, it can be very challenging mm-hmm. when you don't have family right close by that you can, you know, on after the weekend before you start the next event or on a break, you can easily have access to. So I imagine... Um, I don't know what your situation was, but you probably had a few Zoom calls or Google Meets or what have you uh, with family and friends and things back home just to, to be able to help have that connection and, and emails and phones and whatnot. Um, so yeah. it, it can be very difficult. And, and I don't think the average golfer or even even consumer out there fully understands what you ladies go through week in, week out because you're traveling, as you said, all the time, um, again, you're cramming 19, 20 events in six months. Right. Uh, you, mm-hmm. did, you had a few breaks this year. The one nice thing I know yeah. they did this year is, I, I believe it was last year, it might have been the season before, they had, there was a stretch where they had about six 
five or six tournaments back to back, which I'm sure was oh, very yeah. grueling. I yeah. think they did. Yeah, I think they did a better job of spreading them out a little bit over more over the six months. So you didn't have quite as much of a yeah. backlog like that, which can be tough. Do you find the mm-hmm. traveling aspect? I mean, you've, you've been on tour now for a few years. Do you find the traveling is getting a little bit easier because you're kind of getting familiar with where to go and, and uh, getting your, your schedule down a little bit more tight? Do you find it easier to travel now, or is it still kind of the same that it presents some challenges here and there? I think at time it will always have its challenges, um, but I'm pretty used to it compared to, compared to most people. Like, I don't mind the drives. <laughs> like, five, six hours is, is nothing right now. Um, I have my car that I drive everywhere in, and, uh, like, I mean, I give him a name. It's almost like he's my one friend that's there mm-hmm. all the time. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of the girls out on Symmetra, we travel in pairs, and I'm really lucky to have one of my friends, Michelle, to travel with me this whole year in the past few years, almost every year that we've been on Symmetra. Um, we've known each other since we were little, so it's always great to have good friends there, someone you can lean on, you can talk to, and, you know, you can just completely be your non-golf self about. And really, with the traveling, it's 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 a lot of pieces that come together, and I really, now that I think back about it, I really appreciate, like, all the little pieces of puzzle that come, like, came together for me. A lot of people, like my family, my friends, you know, a few of the girls on tour, like on the LPGA tour and Symmetra tour, mm-hmm. right. um, they, they've really made a huge difference for me. Like I said, home is, like, so far away, so you kind of develop a family or, like, a home away from home. Even, like, this year mm-hmm. I stayed with one of my hosts in Toledo for, like, adding, adding it up. It's probably over a month. Yeah, the times that we spent wow. in their home. <laughs> yeah, they really took us in, and we've really gone close to them. And yeah, so so that's that's really cool too. And also, my good friends on the LPGA area, Moria, mm-hmm. um, Wishani, you know, we're all staying at their place in Orlando, and they really took us in. Their mom is like my mom; she's always checking in, and we're always encouraging each right. other. So that's. That's also a huge, huge, huge plus. Well, and it's good that you have somebody that you can travel with. You know, I always worry, you know, every uh, every week when we're talking to young ladies and I hear about some of them driving, some fly and some do a little both. Yeah. But, you know, I always think to yeah. myself, it, it's, it's funny, and I kid you not, um, you know, sometimes when I'm driving on one of the interstates and, you know, I'll see, uh, you know, a young girl traveling by herself that's passing me by, and I'm always thinking to myself, I wonder if yeah. she's going to a Symmetra Tour event or an LPG, you know, or something <laughs> like that. And, uh, yeah. you know, I always wonder, well, I wonder if I've interviewed her, you know, or something, because um, I'll see she'll have, she'll have, like, a Titleist cap on or something like that, so who knows. Yeah. But, um, so can it, you it's see obviously, through it, her rear window? <laughs> if you can see oh, yeah, through no, her I mean, rear window, yeah, well, yeah. it's probably not. Symmetra because our car is usually fully packed if we're doing the long time. Well, well my sure, uh, you know, because obviously with a lot of cars, there's a lot of tinted windows, but my sure telltale <laughs> sign is if I, see, if I yeah. see the back end of the car is sitting lower than the front end, then I know <laughs> yes. she's got a lot of stuff yes. packed in there and uh, a yes. few, few suitcases, Matt, for sure. But, you know, it, it's good that you have somebody, because I always worry about that. I, and I, I know it sounds kind of yeah. silly, but I do worry about that because with so much going on and, and so many dangers out there, you know, with you gals traveling by yourself like that. So I'm glad that most of you, or sir, a good many of you, uh, are smart and say, hey, let's buddy up. And, and obviously it, it helps to share expenses too, but um, that's, that's smart yeah. to be able to do that. So you've got somebody there just in case, but, um, so let's talk about the event. So, okay. So you come into the tournament last week, this, this past weekend, of course. And mm-hmm. how did you feel coming into the event? This is the last one of the year. You hadn't won yet, uh, out on the Symmetra and you hadn't won this season, of course. Um, were you feeling really confident in your game? Uh, what part of your game was really, uh, did you notice that came through for you this, this, uh, tournament? What was really the strong part of your game that came through? Um, it's, it's funny because it feels like in the end, everything came through, but also it was just, 
like letting go and and caring less, if that makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we had building up to the last event, we had four weeks in a row, and I was I had mixed feelings. It, people who talked to me, like, they know I was under so much stress at one time, and I'm fine mm-hmm. the next day. So I was going through a lot of mood swings during especially this, this last four events because it's a lot of traveling, like, Right. So I drove up. What Symmetra tries to do usually is to make sure it's a little bit easier for us. They try to plan things in route so we can play or we can drive to each tournament. Mm-hmm. But right. um, I, I did not realize how far some of the drive was in this last four weeks. <laughs> but I was already right. stuck with my car out there, and I have to drive it back down to Florida anyway. So. I mean, I that was one of the aspects I knew was coming and I wasn't looking forward to was, was the long drive and the tournament being started on Thursday. Like usually the tournament starts on Friday, which gives us an extra day to travel and rest. But the last right. two events, which feature some of the longer drives, um, that starts Thursday. So I think coming into the four weeks, knowing exactly what I had to go through, I was not looking forward to it. Like, I knew right. I was going to be drenched mentally and that I was under stress to perform. So in the beginning, I was really stressed. Um, but I talked to a lot of people. I reached out to a lot of people, and they kind of calmed me down and managed me through the first few. And so after I did the first two, I was like, okay, I can do this. You know, we're halfway, we're almost done. But again, like with the golf, it almost feels like I was really close. Like our mm-hmm. first tournament during the, the four-week stretch was in Alabama. And I felt right. like I was really playing well, but I was making big numbers and was just hitting, have one or two particular bat swing that cost me a few shots. Um, I made the cut, but I feel like I could play a lot better. I like that course, you know. And mm-hmm. I was just kind of sad that the tournament got cut short <clears throat> into just a two-day event. Um, was that I know Prattville? where I was. Yeah, I was in Prattville. It was raining really hard. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. um, I knew where, where I was standing in the on the money list. So I knew I had to make a certain amount of money to go to second – or to go to final stage and – Really, it was it was a lot on the line for me at that point. I feel like everybody was asking me when I was going to come home, you know, not being able to go home in the middle of the season. My family was asking when I think I would, I would be able to go home. And right. I would get so frustrated by that question because I want to go home <laughs> too, but I don't know when I can go home. Right. Um, so for me it was almost like, okay, just get yourself to final stage so you can actually plan to go home before. And mm-hmm. I think that was the extra pressure that I put on myself on top of the mentally tired um, self that I was already am. Uh, so I didn't perform that well in the first few events. But the thing that I knew was there was that I was close. Mm-hmm. Like, even though the scores wasn't showing, like, I knew that I had a chance to go really low, and even condition of the course was different every every week. Like, one of the things that was consistent to me is that I always had that constant thought that I knew I could go lower. And I think that was the extra push that I have to kind of continue to focus on the process. Like, if something wasn't good enough, I dig deep and I try to figure out what happened and just try to improve that one aspect a little, like little by little for the next week. Um, But yeah, and I think when I came back to Orlando, when I got back from Orlando after the North Carolina event, um, I saw, I actually got to sit down with Kiridit, one of our friends who plays on the PGA Tour. He's he's really close to us and he's almost been like a like a mentor to us at times. So I talked to him right. quite a bit when when I was um going through some 
or if I mental if I have some mental questions, so I I would open up and talk to him, and he's like, the one thing he said to me was was that I shouldn't be stressed, like right. You know, he was kind of under the same boat going into the quarantine mm-hmm. tour. Like he had to do the three weeks qualifier or the three weeks qualifying for the the Quan Ferry and PGA Tour. And for him, he was like, it was worse because if he didn't play well, he doesn't have a good tour to play on. And for me, I'm secured my card for Symmetra next year. So he's like, just think of it as a bonus event. Like you go into this event, you know, you like the course, you know, you can play well. I mean, mm-hmm. for me, that all that matters. So that kind of what, steers me into the direction that it did, I think, uh, in the beginning of the last week. So I, I was like, yeah, he has a point. Like, the, there's no point stressing over it and ended up having to do Q school the next week. Like, you should just, you're doing well. You know, you have to continue on, like, making good progress. And that should be, that should be your goal for the week, not to finish here and here on the money ranking. And so right. I think that's why on the last week I was really I was really chill. Like I remember on Wednesday I had a decision to make cuz I was driving up from Orlando and I'm like so today I could really rush up there and try to play nine holes of the course that I've played like <laughs> 10 times already. Right. Or I could um, stop at Sprinkles and get cupcake for one of my friends because it's her birthday. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought about it and I'm like, you know what? This means so much more for me to be able to do that for her. And so I did. I stopped at Sprinkles and I missed nine holes in my practice round. I just did, and I ended up just doing a practice instead, which it was so worth it. You know, that raises a really interesting point, and, and I want to ask you this question. And the question might be, seem very simplistic, but I think you'll understand where it's coming from. I want to just address one thing first uh, with, with respect to your family. I, I think they don't fully appreciate the pressures that you feel. I mean, they obviously, to them, what's important, obviously they want you to do well out on tour, and that, that's something, a career that you've chosen. Um, but I think more importantly for them, they love to see you. They want to spend time with you. And it's difficult, I think, sometimes for you as a player to find balance. Because, again, you know, you're, you're living so far away right now from, from your home. And, again, it makes it hard when you don't know what the schedule is going to be and, and when you're going to have that time to, you know, hop on a flight. And then to make matters worse, the flights are, are very sporadic right now with everything going on with the pandemic. Right. So that even adds more. So it's very, very challenging. And and, uh, you know, I'm sure it's frustrating for them, too, but it's equally frustrating. And I can understand after a while it kind of gets old. It's like, okay, well, listen, I don't know when I'm coming home, but yeah. I'm gonna, you, you'll be the first to know kind of thing. And I know you don't mean it that right. way, but, but it, 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 I'm sure it gets to, to you a little bit after a while because they mean well, but they don't fully appreciate that you're there to do a job and, and you've got to do it to the best of your ability or, you know, things don't go the way you hope. Um, I want to ask you something because yeah. it was interesting the last couple of comments that you made that you made a conscious decision to say, you know what, yeah, I could zip up the, the interstate there and get to the course a little bit earlier and, mm-hmm. and get a quick nine in and work on the game, but or I can do something uh, special for a friend. And it goes to the question is, and this is something I really want you to think about for a second before you answer, um, mm-hmm. are you having fun? out on tour and I'll tell you why before you answer that let me tell you why you'd be surprised at how many of the young ladies from the Symmetra and even the LPJ that we've had on here that have asked that, themselves that very question because each week they've gone out they're grinding it out they're doing that and there's some that have actually gotten to a point throughout their career now it's changed now but there was a time when they got out where they weren't having fun because they were putting mm-hmm. too much pressure do you think over these last few weeks not because of the wind, but just your mindset has changed to a point that you said to yourself, you know what, I know I've got some hard work to do, I know I've got some challenges, but I want to make sure that when I'm out there that I'm having fun too and not just grinding it out so much that I, I don't enjoy the process. Are you having fun? 
Um, yeah, to that I will answer yes, right? I mean, this is the time to have fun. Like, am I having fun right now? Yes, of course. Like, I love growing. I love getting better. And so to that question, I I am having fun doing that. But you're right. A lot of people is going through a lot. And at the same time as I'm having fun, like, I feel like if you don't think about if you don't think about quitting a few times a week, like yeah. you're not doing right. it right. You're not doing it right. That's not right. I'm not saying that's that's professional golf, but like as part of what we do, especially on Symmetra Tour, like everyone is so good and mm-hmm. everyone is so competitive. Like your little littlest mistakes will show and it's so yep. easy for you to be hard on yourself, which I mean a lot of times coming out on the golf course, I feel like, oh, my gosh, this game is so hard. But then, you know, you think about all the good shots that you hit and the one bad shot shouldn't really matter. And that's what, that's what, that is what, you know, is what's fun about golf. And that's why we, we play golf is because of of that aspect of it, you know, that you never know what's going to mm-hmm. happen. And being out here, you know, if you want to have fun all the time, I don't think that's a good balance either. Like no, having that knock like that knocking knock like golf golf is knocking you down feeling. I think that's right. That's normal and it's very healthy. It's just mm-hmm. about how you bounce back from it. It's like for right. me, I think well, especially. Right, and and the reason why I ask you that, Prima, is because uh, again, we we've interviewed Cindy and I have interviewed a lot of you young ladies mm-hmm. coming up on the tours, and you would be surprised. I mean, I think we've yet to have one uh, that has come on and at some point hasn't had those thoughts going through. You know, um, we've had some as recent as this year and even, um, you know, last season, season before where they come out. And and I think it was either last year. I think it might have been the year before. Yeah, because it was pre-pandemic. It was 2019. And we had a, a lot of young ladies who literally had gotten themselves worked up so much that they were just frustrated, just, you know, that's it. I'm throwing the clubs in the pond. I couldn't care less about Mm -hmm. this game anymore. I'm just unhappy. Um, And then they decided, they said, you know what? I'm just going to go out and have fun. I'm not going to put any undue pressure. And what was really interesting, and and I'm going from memory here, so forgive me, um, but I believe there were five that came on the show over the course of the year that had never won a, an event in their, you know, in their careers at all at that point. Mm-hmm. And they came on as first-time winners. Every single yeah. one of them said the same thing. I finally flicked that switch, and I decided, you know what? I know I've got the game. I know I've got the abilities. I'm going to go out there mm-hmm. and just enjoy myself, have fun. It doesn't mean I don't, you know, I, I don't focus on things I need to do and stay in the moment, but yeah. I'm not going to get so worked up on whether I get you know, top five or top ten or whatever – I'm going right. to go out and enjoy my experience. And the very next week, they won, I kid you not. And that really tells wow. you something about the mindset, and it goes to what you said earlier about the mental game. Is It's not the physical. Mm-hmm. I, I can guarantee, without even seeing you, without even watching you play, I can guarantee you have the physical game to be where you are. You wouldn't be there. But it's <laughs> the ones that have the mental – no, it's true. I mean – it's like you said a moment ago, they're all good out there. I mean, you come out there and you've got some, some that are a little right. better than others, but you've got, essentially they wouldn't be where they are if they didn't have the physical game. But what really right. sets them apart, and this is what set Tiger Woods apart from the rest of the field, is he had an incredible mental game uh, and mental strength out in the golf course. Because let's face it, I've seen him hit some pretty scary-looking drives and even some bad yeah. other shots along the way. So even he hit some bad shots. So there has to be something more to it. So when you look back, that is, I would hazard to say, is probably the most important revelation that you've had over the last several years is that you've found your mental language, if you will, that now helps you out on the tour. Would that be a fair Mm -hmm. assessment? I think that would be fair, but... Also, you know, I would I would add to that that there, like I said, a lot of pieces, you know, has to 
come together sometimes for that to happen, you know. Um, in this journey of every season on out on Symmetra Tour, I mean, you would have to go through a lot of mental changes. Like every year, I've been out here for a few years now, and every year it teaches me something different. So, like, you're right. I think the mental aspect is the most important because if your head is not in the right space, you're really pretty much just wasting your physical energy. And trust me, we don't have a lot of that right now, especially towards the end of the season. If your head is not in the right space, it's like you've got no chance. But Mm -hmm. also... I would say some of the most important pieces of the puzzle for mental health is is the support that you have around you. And I feel like I'm I'm really lucky like for that. And mention mentioning like my immediate family who um being in Thailand and being far away, like they're doing everything that they can to support me. Like they wanted me to come home of right. course, but they're also just doing everything that they can to be just be there for me. And I talk mm-hmm. to my sister quite a lot and my parents, so they're always encouraging me to be happy and have fun. Mm-hmm. As funny as that sounds. But again, I feel like I had to hear it from someone else for me to right. be able to turn around. You know, it's it's funny how it works like that. But I mean, I want to thank them and for being there and for being so supportive. Like, they, my sister literally just learned about golf and how we earn our LPGA card this year because, because right. she wanted to help me and take some load of my, all the traveling stuff and everything that I had to do by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not, like, a big – we're not family that grow up to be – or to, to just do golf, you know, like, Right. It's a really regular family, and they're just supporting me as I'm supporting them to be the best version mm-hmm. of themselves. But at the same mm-hmm. time, because we travel so much, I went to school here. I have cousins in California, and, you know, I have my LPGA girl family, which, <laughs> I mean, for me, helps a lot because the things that I hear from my family that does not register sometimes, I would also hear from these girls. Like my host family, you know, they really brought us in and even um, Aria and Moria's family, like they're like my family here. So even when I, I'm not back home with my family in Thailand, I feel like because we've traveled so much and we've been so many, been to so many places, we meet like so many good people like just along mm-hmm. the way and those people became our family, and so so mm. does the the other girls on tour, you know, who are always encouraging and supporting one another to to be better. And you know what? Like they're the people that understands you the most. Like my friend who I stopped and got the cupcakes for her birthday. Like she was so happy. Like I feel like mm-hmm. that makes <laughs> me so happy that a round of golf would would never do that for me. And right. look, every time it's tough, you know, you look left and right and you see girls that are going through the exact same thing. And they just want to, if you open up to one of them, like anyone would would understand you and would yep. try to help you through it, even though they're going through it as well. I think they're, that's saying a lot about our sports and how strong we are, like in that aspect. So for right. me, well, see, the mental game, yeah, the mental game I think is definitely important, but how you get there, it's, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, some people probably know right off the bat, you know, this is not where I want to be mentally, but mm-hmm. looking around, like, how can I get to where I want to be? I'm lucky to have all these people that keep staring, pushing, and just, like, trying to get me into the right spot, which I'm really grateful well, for, and I, I think I think that's the most important thing. Well, it's a, it's a great support system. And, you know, what a lot of people forget, too, is, is golf 
um, you know, unless you're playing something like a Ryder Cup or a Solheim Cup, is not a team sport. It's an individual sport. So right. you're out there essentially right. by yourself. And, you know, obviously if you've got a caddy, then your caddy's there to, yeah. to, to be a good sounding board. But essentially you're out there yourself. And I think um, to answer kind of not really that they were questions, but to make two points real quick about your family, I think people as children, mm-hmm. you know, we expect – uh, you know, words of encouragement from family. And, and it's not that we don't believe it, but it's, I won't say it's expected, yeah. but you, you, you anticipate, right. you know, what are they going to say? I mean, yeah. well, you know, whatever. Um, no, of course they're going to be there. They right. want, uh, you know, they're going to tell you to, to yeah. be strong and, and to have fun and whatever. But when you yeah. hear it from your peers, particularly from peers or others that can relate right. to what you're going through, that just reinforces it. It's like a coworker, you know, it's like you're at, a, an, yeah. at the office and your your coworker says, "Hey, prima, you know what? You did a great job in that presentation last week. Um, you didn't get the sale, but it was still a great presentation, and you're going to get them next time, or something like that. You know, it, it's going to be encouraging. Yeah. It's going to be positive, and that's what you do. And when you see, and now what you're going to find yourself doing, which you, it sounds like you're already doing it, is you're going to see other young ladies like yourself, and maybe new uh, players out on tour that are coming up." Uh, that maybe haven't had a few years like you do, um, that they're going to be mm-hmm. having some struggles, and you're going to see and recognize those same, you know, looks and same, you know, kicking your yeah. toe in the sand, so to speak, and you're going to be able to reach right. out and, and give them words of encouragement. So it's kind of like comes full circle. So um, kudos to you for, for recognizing that. And I think it's going to help yeah. you as you progress through your career. All right, well, we're going, to have, to, we're going to have to shift into the, as they call it, the no BS zone, and we're going to have our discussion now about what makes a good golf coach. But before we do that, so hang tight. Uh, we're going to listen to a quick message uh, from one of our advertisers, and I'll be right back with you. So hang tight. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as The latest golf instruction from America's top pros. Simple to follow practice and game improvement drills. Fitness and mental game tips. Equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews. Golf destinations and travel tips for every budget. And so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right, uh, welcome back to the Women of Golf, and I'm here with my very special guest, Prima Tomarox, uh, the winner of the 2021 Symmetra Tour Championship. Uh, she helped close out the season. What better way to do that than with a win? And uh, we give our congratulations to her once again. Um, she's now going to enter the no BS zone, uh, which Cindy would normally help me with, but she's agreed to stick around for a little bit longer and, uh, and answer some questions and help me sort of unpack, if you will, what makes a good golf coach? And you being a player, as I mentioned to you, Prima, uh, welcome back. Yeah. Um, we're going to kind of get your perspective um, from a player's, and obviously I'm a teacher professional and coach, so I'm going to uh, tackle it from that end. So the first one, really, one of the uh, common traits to be a good coach, I think, um, is a great communicator. And I think you would agree with that. You have a coach back home and I think what I mean by that is not just, you know, speaking uh, one particular language or another, but communicating um, when you're working through the process of understanding your golf swing and, and understanding your needs as a professional golfer, you want to have somebody um, that is able to communicate the various things that you need to, to know. And also, I would add mm-hmm. a good listener is to be able to listen to some of the concerns and some of the issues that you uh, want to get across to them. So there's got to be good flow of communication between you and your coach. Would you agree that that makes a good coach? And, and just let me know yeah. your thoughts. Yeah, no, I, I, would, I would agree to that completely. Um, communication and a good listener, that is like a foundation of a good coach. Well, um, and I think a lot of it... Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of it too, Prima, just to add on there, and then I'll let you uh, jump in again. But, uh, you know, quite often we, we see mistakes by coaches where they get in and they think, okay, well, this is what I'm going to teach them, and they just sort of impose what they feel are things that need to happen without right. really assessing the player and re- really getting to know the player. Because um, you may have a whole different approach to the game than, say, somebody else. 
Um, so that's, right. I think, where the communication part really is important. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree, especially at an amateur level. I think the mm-hmm. listen, listening part is not as amplified, like, that they have to have that. Like, a lot of people would think that they're better, especially than the player that comes to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's not a very good start. Um, yeah, like a lot of a lot of amateurs too would go to uh, would go to instructor that like teaches someone good or teaches a certain swing. But I mean, if you look around on tour, even just me going out on Symmetra LPGA like every week, like I feel like everybody has their own game and has their own swing. So I think that's one mm-hmm. of the things that you need to start, and it's such a good thing that you brought up because I think more coach needs to listen to be able to teach well, especially at an amateur level. Right. And and I think what's happened over time, I mean, it's getting better now, but I think what happened over time is too often as instructors or coaches, if you will, um, we tended to put people in the same box. So in other words, if you right. came and two other people came, we assumed that they had to do everything exactly the same. So we tried to mold and manipulate them to do the same things. But, you know, we're all different shapes and sizes and abilities, and, and especially at right. an amateur level, um, you, you've got to really listen to understand. And, and not everybody wants to do what you're doing and playing out on tour. Um, maybe they just mm-hmm. want to, you know, go out and maybe play with their husband or play uh, with some, some of their uh, girlfriends or what have you, um, boyfriend, what have you. Mm-hmm. And so I think for that, you're right. I think listening is extremely important and really understanding what it is that the player wants, the reason why they're out there in the first place, and being able to identify areas that may be where they really need to work on rather than pushing a theory. And this is, unfortunately, a lot of coaches have fallen right. in the trap over the years. It's falling into, well, the A swing or the you know stack and tilt. And I'm not saying this to criticize any uh, particular method, but you know, we, we tend to have done that in the past. And I think coaches in that are starting to realize that, hey, you know what, we're all differently, uh, our abilities are different and so forth. We've got to manage that and how we approach the game with our student a little bit differently than we have in the past. And the next point I want to make is uh, what we call the, a great connector. And let me just uh, um, expand on this a little bit so you understand. But um, a connector being, you know, obviously as a coach, um, we have certain limited abilities. We understand the golf swing. We have certain things, but maybe we're not uh, a, a golf fitness instructor or a nutritionist or that sort of thing. So having good connections within the industry to be able to say, okay, Prima, um, you know, we're going to work together. I really want to connect you with a great nutritionist. I want to make sure that you're getting into mm-hmm. a good fitness program because that's going to help all the other stuff. I think that was, would be something that's important as well. And how is that, is that something that has been incorporated into your uh, teaching and, and, and coaching uh, experiences? Um, yeah, like like I said before, you know, my whole team is in Thailand, and I do have mm-hmm. all the people that I can talk to for all these different subjects that I need. Um, but I would say to just to go back to your first, pointers about being good listener and you know being mm-hmm. not putting everybody in the same box my college coach mm-hmm. um at iowa state christy just recommended me a book and i was reading it this last week it's called dare to lead and it mm-hmm. um was talking about you should have the mentality of that you wanted to do it right rather than being right which i think that's really important as a coach you know to listen and to to, to do what fits and what's right for each person than to just teaching the way that they know how to teach. And like, you, like you're saying, you know, good connection. You know, maybe what this person needs may not be a swing aspect. Right. Like how come, how come he's hitting great shots on the range and then on the golf course those shots don't really translate well? It's probably a mental issue that he cannot bring whatever he was doing at at practice to the game. Mm -hmm. So I think that's definitely a good connection to be more well-rounded and to think that, to think, like, what does this person need? Like, you don't have to come to the rescue, like, all the time. You know, sometimes you can say, hey, 
your swing is great. You know, are you are you sure yep. you're getting enough rest? Are you sure you're getting enough yep. like, good food? You know, so I think that's important too, and it goes right back to the point that you just made about having good connections. Yeah, I think it's extremely important because again, as you uh, as the tours are becoming more advanced and the level of plays is, is getting higher and higher. Um, players are, are looking for ways to improve themselves both physically, mentally, and so forth. So, I mean, you know, before, mm-hmm. you know, years ago in the days of, you know, Nicholas and Palmer and some of the early and Lopez, you know, they just had a swing coach maybe, or it might have even been maybe their dad or, or somebody, you know, played in, in golf and they kind of got their cues from there. They didn't have a lot of the, the stuff that is available now. Um, so there's so many more advancements and there's technology that comes in. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, but, um, you know, there's other aspects that can be brought into bear to help that, that particular, um, you know, golfer improve and at all levels, not just the professional level, but obviously at the amateur level. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different things. Yeah. And, and another trade, trade I want to throw in here as well. The next one is, is to, what makes a good golf coach is the ability to set up a learning path. In other words, uh, as a student, when you leave a lesson, you should have clarity on mm-hmm. what it takes to get better. Because without that mm-hmm. clarity in, in a learning plan, everything is just sort of fragmented. So your, your instructor or coach should work with you to provide the key information uh, and the overall steps needed to improve so that you have the ability mm-hmm. to set up a good quality learning path. And obviously, one of the things that's extremely important is it's got to be one that creates an opportunity for you to be able to achieve uh, some success along the way. So in other words, if, you're, if your goal is to get on tour, um, that's your long-term goal, but there's a lot of little goals that might need to uh, be along the way. In other words, a stepping stone, like you're going up steps and you're going to get to the top of the step one day, but there's things mm-hmm. along the way. So a good coach is going to set up a quality learning path for you. What were some of the early recollection that you had with your coach back in Thailand what did they do to sort of help you, guide you along the way? What were some of the earlier steps that you took uh, in your journey uh, becoming a tour player? Well, when I was little, my dad was pretty clear that he wanted me to come to um, school in the U.S. so I can play. Mm -hmm. I love, like, team sports, and it's it's one of the best opportunities to play for a team or play golf as a team. Um, So... I, I knew that was one of the things we wanted to do. And so that became like a goal for us. And we literally sat down with him and my coach, the three of us just talk about what our goals are. Our goals is to develop my swing into one that would be good to play professional, but and definitely good enough to play college golf. You know, but it was clear for to both of them that this the, my coach, my swing coach at that time, he was talking to my dad, and he's like, I'm going to build a swing that's good enough for her to play professional. But the decision to play professional or not, it's going to be up to her, and that's mm-hmm. there's nothing we can do about that. So the goals, our goals were really clear. So with the three of us, we talked, and we are happy about where we wanted to be, and we worked really hard to achieve that. So just the first few months, I was just hitting the balls like all the time, and I think that particular move to really give me a strong foundation on my swing um, really got me through my whole amateur career because once I came here, you know, and he was still in Thailand, it was really hard to com- communicate if he doesn't mm-hmm. if he doesn't know my swing in and out or if we if he didn't teach me how to learn or notice all these little things in my swing and be able to try to fix it a little bit by myself too, I think that would be, that would be really hard. But I mean, going back, like that was some really clear steps for me in terms Mm -hmm. of where I am and where I need to be and how we're going to get there basically. Yeah, and, and it's important, and it, you, you touched on a key point that I think is extremely important. You know, even though you have a, a coach that you can rely on to um, help you with certain aspects, it's also important that they provide you with the ability to, to do a self-assessment so that you can see when things go wrong, 
you're going to have some answers and say, okay, I understand why this is happening. I understand because I, I know right. a little bit about ball, ball flight laws or I understand what happens when the club face is this way as opposed to this way. Um, again, you may not know all yeah. the technical jargon and, and so forth, but you're going to have a general understanding so that when you're out there and you're practicing uh, in preparation for an event and you see things happening, you can quickly diagnose what's going on. And you may not necessarily, depending on how involved it is, it may not be something you can tweak right away because you're about ready to play an event. Right. So you don't want to start messing around right. too much. But at least it gives you a right. comfort level in saying, okay, I know what I'm doing wrong here. And the next mm-hmm. two, I'm going to combine them just because of, of time here. I, don't, I know you have limited time, but um, oh, no, is the ability, the ability to provide feedback and also the ability to provide additional support. So as an example, uh, the feedback needs to be two ways. Um, part of the learning process is during the lessons and during the times between lessons, you want the opportunity to seek feedback from your instructor. So now with a lot of the technology, and we'll bring technology in here as well, mm-hmm. is you're able yep. to communicate through sending videos or him sending back you know, communications to say, okay, this is what I'm seeing you're doing. Here's what I think you need to do. That feedback is important yep. to you as a player, correct? And mm-hmm. also from a yes. coach's perspective, that we see what, what's going on, what, why you're doing this. And, and so having that visual uh, feedback and verbal feedback is extremely important, correct? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think technology definitely helps in my case, especially. Like, if we don't have the technology that we do now, it would be really hard to communicate throughout, like, my whole career, like, even up until this day. But I used to send videos back to my coach all the time and you know because he's coached me for 13 years since I was little like it was easy because he see this little piece and if I can get a good video and a slow-mo you know he could see it right away and 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 we would he would give me feedback and then we would just work on what he said like like almost exactly Mm -hmm. like what you just said but really Mm -hmm. the last three trades I feel like it just goes back to communication to just right. sit down and talk and achieve a common goal of where you want to be and then, you know, really give good feedback and communicate well and adjust to each step. If, if you're, you know, have a step where you can, like, reevaluate and see if you're going, heading to the right place or this, or where you want to be still. But Right. Yeah. Well, and as an example, you know, if you're wor- if you're working on a swing change, let's say, or you're even building a swing, as you talked about earlier, you know, it's important mm-hmm. to have that feedback at the right times, um, because without right. that that proper feedback, you could be practicing the wrong oh, yeah. things, and yeah. and not you know making the process necessary. So, and and you know, this is where having that back and forth communication, as you just pointed out, mm-hmm. is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what makes a good coach. Because if it's all one-sided, if it, and, and it, I'm always a firm believer, if my student is not asking questions, then mm-hmm. there's one of two possibilities, and, and it's gauged on how the results. If they're not playing very well or they're not hitting the ball very well and they're not asking me questions, then one of two things is, is happening. Either there's something I'm not communicating well enough uh, mm-hmm. Or they're understanding. They don't know what they're doing. What I'm saying, yeah, they don't. They understand what I'm saying in a different way because they're not right. correcting the errors. So I, I, mm-hmm. it all boils down to me as the coach, as I'm not relaying that information in a way. And if they're not asking questions, then either they're afraid to ask questions because they they don't want to right. seem silly or think it's stupid or whatever. Right. Um, and that's where you start to lose the process. And then after a period of time they stop coming around because they're more confused now than when they came to see you the first time. So, you know, that's where that, that comes in. And then very yeah. lastly, yeah, lastly, we're going to touch on, and you mentioned this a little bit, is the utilization of technology. Uh, there's a lot of technology mm-hmm. out there, obviously things like TrackMan and FlightScope and all these uh, things, but there's yeah. a lot of mobile launch monitors now um, that can mm-hmm. give you a lot of the same information. So I don't know whether you use that technology yourself, um, um, you know, when you're by yourself where you, I don't know if you have mm-hmm. that on an app. I mean, there's so many apps available now that you can take to the golf course, uh, to the to the practice tee yeah. when you're by yourself. Do you use some of that technology yourself? And, and do you find that it helps you a lot uh, reinforce some of the things that you're working on? 
So when I'm home, usually I would work with the GC quad a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do a lot of indoor practicing, actually, like a crazy amount. But uh, I've only used the mobile one once. And it's it's giving some some good information because like all sometimes when you when you are practicing you just need to know how far it lands and you know mm-hmm. what's the total distance what's the carry distance that's good for practicing wedges and hitting a pro shot so it's it's really easy to not having to carry like the trackman or even the DC quad like with you to have all these mobile apps but technology definitely like come around, you know, speak coming from me who have a coach that lives on the other mm-hmm. side of the world. Like we wouldn't have been right. able to make it work if it's if we're just talking on the phone and explaining to him what happened. Well, and that's where an online golf lesson comes in. And that's why, again, that's another thing that's become very, very important now because of that very thing. I mean, you're on one side of the globe, he's on another side of the globe. And yeah, you can mm-hmm. certainly get on the phone and, or, you know, or some other technology and have a conversation but having that, those visual cues as well so that, again, you can mm-hmm. send certain information, visual information to him. He can assess yeah. it and then send you know, whatever back. Um, and yeah. there may be even a, a visual communication where you're having, and you know, I don't know how you set things up, but many of them now are doing it where they're actually out on the range and their coach is called in on a, on a you know, Skype or what have you. Right. And are actually right. able to have a two-way conversation, not just verbally, yeah. but visually, uh, visually. So he can actually yeah. see in real time what you're doing uh, and give mm-hmm. pointers. So, you know, technology is a great thing, but it also has to be put in its proper place. You can't rely solely on technology either. You've got to sort of look at it from uh, a standpoint. It's there to help you and help to point out areas that maybe normally would be difficult to see. Uh, but not mm-hmm. get so caught up in the numbers uh, that it's 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 confusing you at times. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. You got to have a good balance, like everything else in right. life. You know, if mm-hmm. if you're giving too much information, you're probably overwhelming your students. Or if you're not giving any information, the students probably don't know what to do either. So, again, going back to the <laughs> communication and right. having common goals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's why that was the number one. Communication is in anything in life um, is is so important. I think if you know, this is where, unfortunately, we we go awry so many times in the world is is poor communication is we're not, you know, somebody says something and it's misunderstood or it's not or it's confused or the translation wasn't correct. And Mm -hmm. people are scratching their head and say, well, wait a minute, did you just say that or are you calling me that or whatever? Um, yeah. you know, having that, that can and obviously we're talking about golf. I'm just, you know, kidding a little bit, but, right. but you get the point. Yeah. And I think the listeners understand yeah. that as well is yeah. communication between a coach, uh, instructor and their student is extremely important. And as a student, from a student's perspective, you've also got to communicate. You can't just leave it all up to the, you can't just show up at the lesson and, and have your, you know, your coach just ramble on about different things and you just sit there like a church mouse and don't respond you've got to engage as well and you know you cannot be afraid there is no question that is silly there's no question that's stupid all questions are important and all questions deserve an answer and we can't help you if we don't know what's going on because we can't unfortunately right now maybe one day we will we can't read minds so right we have to be right. able to which is probably good which is probably a good thing but um Right. We have to be able yeah. to understand what you're thinking. And if you're confused yeah. about something, I think, right? I mean, I'm sure there were times when your yeah. coach was telling you things very early on in the process that you were maybe a little bit yeah. confused. But he went over right. it and said, okay, here's what I'm talking about, Prima, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. now I get it. Right? And yeah, once you definitely. get it, definitely. then it takes you to another level, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say, Ted, my coach at Iowa State, Christy, who, I mean, I've gotten so close with her, and she's like mm-hmm. a family to me. I still talk to her a lot, mm-hmm. even, you know, six years after I graduated. So she's, I mean, by far, I think one of the greatest coach ever, like for me. Because, And the funny mm-hmm. thing is she never really full-on gave me like a, a full-out lesson. You know what I mean? Like she's right. giving me tips yep. now and then and watch me hit shots, and of course she has good good knowledge of the golf swing but the 
her strongest point I would say trade I would say is is the communication you know I really appreciate her getting to know me as an individual like early on and really assess me always as me uh, mm -hmm. you know like she could be talking to my teammates and telling her to do one thing and then telling me to confidently to do the opposite thing which I really appreciate right. that and the, the other thing is that I think she creates a really good environment for us to ask questions and to feel safe which is exactly what you are talking about just now. I always feel yeah. like I can talk to her. I don't feel like she's going to call me out if I ask silly questions, or right. I don't feel like I can't talk to her about anything, which, I mean, is, is a huge plus because, like you said, if, if something happens and you don't fix it right away, not just a swing, but like a thought, mm -hmm. it, could, it, could, it could boggle up, you know? And yep. It could grow into well, and, something. So, yeah. Well, and she was very smart because something that you just said um, is that even though there were other team members there, she might tell one or two one thing because it applied to them, but it didn't necessarily right. apply to you. And that's yeah. that's the sign of a good coach because if if mm -hmm. she had in fact just come out and said, "Okay, girls, I want you all to do this." Um, and maybe it didn't apply to each and every one of you the same, then that just adds to the confusion. Now, there's right. some things that may apply. Exactly. There may be some things that apply to all of you, like, you know, get out and practice. But, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, uh, or, you know, everybody needs to really, you know, work on their short game or what have you. There might be some general things that can right. apply. But there might be specific right. things that she needs to target for each individual player. Um some players are very strong right. mentally, but maybe lack in, in their physical game. Others have yes. a strong physical game, but maybe lack mentally a little bit. So she has to be able to, yeah. and that's not easy to do. You've, you know, you've got uh, all of these different personalities, too, uh, coming to yeah. the table. So that's very observant on your part. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah like, I think, well, I mean, I think well, it's really true because everyone is really different, and to be able to say those different things in front of our faces and with, with any of us feeling offended or having right. questions, is because we completely trust her and trusting us as an individual, which I think that's really cool. Right. Well, and I, th I think just lastly, I'm going to say this in closing. I think if the student is offended, then more likely than not, they didn't hear what the coach was telling them. And that goes to right. the listening on both sides. And, and, and it works both ways. If the coach you know, is scratching their head, then, again, there's a breakdown in communication. So that's why it's important to be honest with one another and, and you know, get your, your points together. And, if you, and it's okay to disagree with your coach and say, you know what, I don't agree with this, or get them to explain why mm -hmm. it's important um, so that you understand yeah. why those changes need to be made. Because sometimes we come in there with a little bit of an ego and we say to ourselves, you know, I, I, I know what I'm doing here. Um, but sometimes you need that outside perspective to shine a light on areas that maybe are not as, as solid as you thought they were. Um, before you get it. So, again, it goes back to communications, and I think mm -hmm. you've done a great job in communicating some of those points with me here uh, on the No BS Zone. So I want to thank you, Prima, for joining me. Thanks, Ted. And I want to wish you congratulations again on your win. What a super way to close out. I hope you uh, – I, I know you're probably going to take a little bit of time off to soak it mm -hmm. in and, and, and get yeah. ready for – uh, the next year and your next uh, season. So what are you going to do? How much time have you got off before you start playing again? So actually I'm coming back for final stage, but that's okay. not until December. So I'm, I'm trying to go home in the next week or so and spend some time with my family and do some work with my team mm -hmm. and hopefully come back strong for December and put, put on some more good golf for you guys. I think you will. Well, congratulations mm -hmm. again, Prima. Uh, again, thank, thank you. you for spending a little extra time with me this morning. You did a great job in helping me uh, get thank out you. this. And uh, much continued success. Have a safe travel home to your family. And uh, good luck uh, for the rest of, in, in the final stages of, of Q. And also uh, good luck next season. And hopefully you'll come back and join us again. Thank you, Ted. Have a great day. All right. You too. Bye-bye. All right, that was my very special guest, the winner of the 2021 Symmetra Tour Championship, uh, Prima Tomarox, uh, great young lady from Thailand, of course, here in the United States right now, uh, wrapped up her Symmetra Tour season with a win 
always nice to do that. And first, her first win on the Symmetra Tour, so that's uh, equally exciting as well. Um, all right, next week we'll be back with another uh, great guest and uh, some more interesting discussion. And, of course, Cindy will be joining me next week as well. Um, God bless everybody, and thank you for tuning into the Women of Golf. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.